All right. Welcome to Talking Nonsense with Brian. I'm your host, Brian Clough. Today, we're going to have a great time. If you like the show, please subscribe and like us on Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Podchaser. I tell you, kids these days, they got it so easy. It's ridiculous. You never, ever drive by like a neighborhood and see kids outside playing in the yard Maybe playing football or a wiffle ball game or even a game of pickle. We used to go outside, and I grew up in the 70s and 80s. And basically, you'd have breakfast, wake up, have breakfast. Then you'd go outside and meet your friends. you play whatever sports or, you know, any activity, you know, all day until lunchtime would come. Then you'd usually go over somebody's house for lunch, maybe get a bad tasting tuna fish sandwich or something because they used a different kind of mayonnaise or a different kind of tuna at your friend's house that you didn't like and then uh after lunch you go back at it again and you keep on playing and staying outside you know parent free you know all the way up until dinner time you go home have your dinner maybe a little dessert and the next thing you know you're back out waiting for the ice cream truck we always used to like uh the pick on the ice cream man, as you heard earlier, you know, and then it would get dark and you do something else like uh, we'd play flashlight tag or kick the can or something like that. You know, there weren't any parents around. They're all sitting in the house doing whatever they do. They weren't supervising us or making us stay in our yard or whatever. We went everywhere. You know, we'd get on our bikes. We'd ride all over town, you know, uh, you know, go do things, uh, you know, get in trouble, you know, and just be back by lunchtime or dinner time. You know, things were good. The kids these days, they barely even play organized sports. And when they do, they get babied with the snack time or participation awards. Everybody's a winner. It was none of this crap when I grew up. You never see kids these days out playing army in the woods. You know, most can't even leave their yards without a parent supervising or walking around with them or being with them every step of their way. You know, you can't grow up like that. This is what all leads to the pussification of America and all these woke activists. The kids these days have all the access, easy access to everything on their phone or the internet. We used to have to bust out an encyclopedia or a dictionary uh, just to do a school report. It'd take hours, and it was horrible. You'd have to do all sorts of things. You'd have to make your own collages and everything. Nowadays, kids just go on the internet, click on this, click on that, and they got it made. You know, if they want to do a school report or anything like that, it's just two clicks away. And when it comes to porn, oh, do they have it made. To see a naked lady, we used to have to bust out like a National Geographic magazine while nobody is looking down in the garage or something and uh, take a peek at some uh, topless pygmies or something or uh, the time of the year when the Sears catalog would show up and you'd look around, hopefully your parents weren't around and you'd peek into the uh, women's lingerie section and uh, get your jollies there. Then when you were a few years older, maybe you'd stumble across one of your dad's stash of uh, some old Playboys or something and really get to see some naked ladies. This is about all that would happen. You know, kids these days, they can just click on porn at the click of a fingertip. 
I remember back in the day, we used to have this tree fort. And all the guys in the neighborhood, we were probably 10 or 12, we had all discovered our dad's porn collection or dirty magazine collection. And we decided to steal all the magazines and bring them into the tree fort and then uh, cut out all the centerfolds and, and use it as wallpaper. And we wallpapered the hell out of this thing. It was the coolest hangout ever. We uh, had like three or four rooms in this thing. Was the kid who had the, had it there, his dad was uh, in construction. He used to build houses. Basically the same guy we used to uh, rake up his leaves all the time and for a mischief night. I told you that story earlier. We used to hang out in that tree fort all the time. It was basically our headquarters. And the parents wouldn't mess with us uh, until one day uh, Chris's father came in and discovered... All his Playboy mags had been ripped up and uh, pasted onto the wall. And it was wall-to-wall boobs in there. And uh, he got pretty angry, especially when he found out some of his uh, favorite magazines were on the wall now. And he could never get them back. But he let us, let us have it. He didn't make us rip it down. And, uh, you know, eventually we got older and, and moved away from the tree fort. And got into our teenage troubled years. And the older we got, the more perverted we got. When we got into our teenage years, and it came time to watch a dirty movie, you couldn't just download it like you do today. Uh, the kids these days, they've got it made. They could just uh, they can watch anything on demand, and right on their phone they can watch porn. We had to rough it out. We had to sneak over a friend's place when their parents were not home and uh, pop in an old VCR tape when we found uh, you know somebody's parents porn stash usually it's just magazines but every now and then you get a good old vcr porn so we grab that and run over to somebody's house whose parents were working that day and pop the vcr tape in usually had to uh watch the same ones over and over but we'd uh we'd all have fun it wasn't like a a weird thing we'd we'd all laugh and make jokes about it you know be like what is that a tennis ball and stuff like that and it's just you know, we'd all joke around and, and have funny with it. It ended up turning into, like, uh, every now and then we'd call it porn night, where we'd all go over one guy's house or something like that and uh, pop in the tape of the week. And, uh, you know, back then it was all old tapes. You had to watch, you know, the same old ones over and over. Nobody had new porn except for my buddy Mitch. That kid was obsessed with it. But, uh, yeah, you'd uh, have to pop in the porn tape and, and and watch that and it was never you're never watching these things alone it was always you know watching it with a bunch of guys and nobody was doing anything bad like trying to rub one out in the corner or anything like that it was always just a, a fun funny time joking around and uh you know as we got into teenage years we bring you know beer and stuff like that it was always uh, made for a fun time I remember when cable came out, they used to give you these cable boxes. And uh, in the earlier ones, you could, I think, unscrew the back, take the cover off, and there was three cords. And if you cut one of the electric cords, I think it was like the red one or something like that, you could get all the free channels like uh, Showtime and Cinemax, which everybody called Skinemax. And then... Uh, you're good to go. You could, uh, you know, but it was tough if you wanted to watch like a, 
a dirty movie. You had to wait for your parents to go to sleep. And back in the day, they didn't start playing any of the the good stuff until after midnight or so. So you'd have to, you know, make sure your parents are asleep and sneak into the room with that and, uh, you know, pop on your Skinamax. And, um, and there you had it. And uh, I know all the guys know what I'm talking about. Now, there's always a one or two kids in the group who didn't cut the cable or didn't cut the cord. So uh, they would have to do the same thing. They'd wait for their parents to go to sleep and go down. I remember Chris used to tell me all the time he'd sneak down into the living room at like 1 o'clock in the morning and put on like Lady Chatterley's Lover or something like that. But you'd have this big squiggly purple line going down the middle of the screen and like uh, you'd see like one blue boob on the left side of the screen and maybe you'd catch a leg or something like that on the right side of the screen and it would always keep going in and out. And he said he, he would watch that well, about 3.34 in the morning. Uh, he said it's good enough for him. So as you can see, childhood in the pre-internet era it was a lot tougher to be a kid. You had to be a lot more resourceful and crafty, you know, compared to these kids these days. They got everything at their fingertips, everything they haven't made. But the one thing they haven't done is they haven't lived at all. You never see these kids going out and doing anything. They're always attached to their computers or tablets or their, you know, their, their phone, you know, whatever. They never went out and, you know, went, you know, explored through the woods without a parent being around or, you know, rode their bike for 50 miles one day and just uh, not have to worry about checking in with anybody on your cell phone or anything. You know, we didn't have the cell phones back in the day at all. I guess what I'm trying to say is the kids these days are just way too over-supervised by their parents. They're not able to do anything remotely dangerous. I mean, when I was a kid, everything we did was pretty much dangerous, and the parents would just let us go, and, you know, you broke an arm, you broke an arm, you know? If you got you had to get stitches, you had to get stitches. I remember my buddy Chris had this old soapbox derby car, and the thing was probably about eight or nine feet long, had the four wheels on it, and kind of like those old soapbox derby races where you'd race those old racing cars. Well, it was a one-seater, and then he would drive, and I would I would sit on the back of the thing, and, you know, growing up in Connecticut, there's a lot of hills and everything like that, so we'd take it down the streets and uh, go go down all these big hills, and we'd be blasting through stop signs and everything, just hoping another car wasn't coming or something like that. And uh, literally, the thing, if you hit the brakes, a stick would come down, and it had the, the sneaker sole from a sneaker rub against the asphalt to try to slow you down and didn't really work all that well and then the steering was like all these old like handmade steering cables on a steering wheel anyways we jump on that thing and we get cooking down a hill and uh we go all around the you know the neighborhood and stuff like that you know going all, down all these hills and you'd finally get to the bottom you'd have to push it like a mile or two back up and then we'd do it again you know, we'd be blasting around, and uh, we never really crashed the thing, but uh, we had a couple of close calls where, you know, we blast through a stop sign and a car was coming or something like that on the other way on an intersection. And, uh, you know, you'd have to swerve around it, go through somebody's yard and everything. That was pretty fun. 
we used to always, always uh, mess with our bikes too. We we'd take our bicycles to the limits. We'd make these big ramps, and we'd go cooking down the the big hill in front of my house. And at the bottom of the hill, we'd have somebody. At, at this point, we'd have somebody watching for cars. So we'd get the green light, and you'd get cooking down this hill as fast as you can on a bike. And we'd build this ramp. Thing had to be five feet in the air it'll launch you like a rocket i swear to god we'd get like 10 feet up in the air this is probably why i don't have any kids at this point but uh you get the bike 10 feet in the air and then when you'd land you'd always just like land right square on your nuts every time and it hurt so bad one time I, I broke the frame of my bike right in half and uh it it, it was wild and eventually we started to you know, take that leave pile that I talked about before where we'd put the mischief night leaves across the road. Well, that big, we'd end up putting the ramp in front of that and jumping into the leave pile so we weren't really killing ourselves. But we did things like that. And, uh, you know, you just wouldn't never see the kids these days doing anything remotely like that. In the winter, we used to do a thing called skitching. And it was basically what a car would, after, you know, you get a good snow on the ground and uh, the plows haven't really come yet and it was pretty slick. If you can catch a car going by, and back then, you know, you know, the cars had like those big metal bumpers on them and stuff like that. You'd sneak up on the car and grab the bumper and basically skitch the car and pull you and you'd have your, uh, you know, your winter boots on and you'd, you'd kneel down and, uh, and just uh, let the car pull you through the snow and it was pretty wild. Sometimes you get up to like 30, 35 miles an hour or something before you'd uh, you know, have to let go and wipe out. And then you'd go tumbling into a, a snow drift or something like that. But uh, nobody really ever got hurt. But it was a lot of fun, especially during high school. Um, I'll tell you one last story that I'm going to get out of here. And just to show how perverted all these kids were and stuff like that back you know, in middle school and everything like that. In my middle school, during gym class, there's a boys' locker room and a girls' locker room. And the girls actually had a locker room. The boys didn't. We had to go up on the main stage in the auditorium because the auditorium and the gym were pretty much the same thing. And uh, they put uh, they closed the curtain for us, but uh, you know they they kept all the gymnastic supplies in there and everything like that. They take all the gymnastic mats and stack them up against the wall and everything well one of the one of my buddies discovered if you climb up and the the girls locker room was the next wall over you know and i think it was my buddy rob o'brien possibly uh or jim Eck or one of those guys if you we found out if you climbed up the mat on the side against the wall where the girls locker room was and if you got to the top, there was like a hole in the wall and you could actually peek down into the girls' locker room, kind of like that movie Porky's or something like that. So all the guys were like, you know, we're in like fifth or sixth grade or something at this point. And we're all like, oh boy, oh boy, you know, the girls haven't even grown boobs yet. But uh, they're probably wearing like uh, training bras at the time or something like that. But hell, that was good enough for me in fifth grade. Uh I hadn't seen a, a real girl naked at all. So, so next thing you know, we're, we're, a bunch of us climb up on the mats. 
and uh, you know, we're peeking down, and then uh, somebody goes, here comes the teacher, here comes the teacher, so everybody scrambles to get down, and somehow I slipped and uh, went like face first into this, uh, like a volleyball metal pole or something like that, and I, you know, right above my eyes, split my forehead open, and of course, I, you know, they sent me down to the nurse's office and they're like oh god this is bad we're gonna have to send him to the hospital what were you doing brian to to get this and of course i'd have to lie i couldn't say that i was peeking in the girl's locker room trying to get a glimpse at some bras and panties or something like that uh, plus we didn't want to give up the good spot so you know in the next gym class we can get up there again and uh that was how i got my first stitches thought that'd be a funny little story but anyways Hope you guys have a great day, and peace out. We'll talk to you in the next podcast.